No fear. No political correctness. No wokeism. You're listening to Underground USA. Thanks for downloading and listening. My name is Frank Salvato. Before we get into this morning's episode of the Captain's America Third Watch with Kyle Warren sitting in for Matt Bruce, I wanted to touch on two things that we didn't get to talk about too much. The first one was Gavin Newsom's appointment of LaFonza Butler, the director of Emily's List, to fill in for Diane Feinstein's vacant seat on her passing. It's uh, very good to see that uh, Mr. Newsom, surviving a recall for being so incredibly partisan, has chosen someone who is even more partisan than him to fill the seat to represent all of the people from California. Last I looked, California wasn't all Democrats or all progressives or all insane leftist neo-fascists. There were some Republicans there, so... The leader of Emily's List, one of the most radical groups in politics today, to fill that seat? Wow, what a great choice, Gavin. You'd be a great president. And now on to the next absurdity. Um, and we hit on this a little bit right in the beginning of the program. But the idea that you can mistake a fire department pull box for a doorknob is something that is beyond anybody's comprehension. A third grader knows what a fire alarm pull box looks like. To have a sitting member of Congress try to pretend that they didn't know that the big red pull station that says fire pull in case of emergency, for him to think that that opens a locked door, that's ridiculous. And then when you compound into this that he was a, or he claims to have been, a high school principal, and he doesn't know what a fire department pull box is? If you're believing this, then you are the problem in our country today. Because it's an absurd statement. And, and Alexandria Casio cortez and I say that in the voice of Sebastian Gorka, um, for her to try to defend this just illustrates how incredibly stupid they believe you are. They don't care about representing you. They don't care about serving the people. They only care about pushing their agenda through, and they think you are stupid. So how can that have any fidelity to what the framers wanted when they constructed a system of government that is predicated on compromise? When it all cost is Alinsky bullshit, and that's what was ushered into us with Saul Alinsky and his chief acolyte Hillary Clinton. So when they start floating her name to replace Joe the Potato Biden, just remember that she's one of the most vicious and partisan politicians that we've seen in politics probably back to the beginning. So fire department pull boxes are red. I want everybody to understand that. And they've, they've got a big fire across it and pull in case of emergency. And they're not meant for political emergencies where you're trying to stop a vote from happening. He should be expelled for this. And AAC should be reprimanded for defending him. Our segment on the Captain's America Third Watch, right after this. I'm Frank Salvato. You're listening to Underground USA. Handcrafted exotic blend teas at the lowest shipping cost anywhere. 
Hi, I'm CJ, owner of the Emerald Coast Tea Company. We ship our premium gourmet blends with Sindel, offering you the lowest shipping prices anywhere, while also being carbon neutral. Excellent tea at the right price. Check us out at www.emeraldcoastteacompany.com. Honey, this ain't your mom's tea. Insight. Passion. AM 930. The Answer. And again, our toll-free line is 1-877-969-8600. All right, and this hour, we've got our special guest, Frank Salvato from Underground USA. We've also got a caller holding on the phone. But first, good morning, Frank. How are you this morning? I'm doing well, Mr. Kyle. I've actually divined the difference between a pull switch for a firebox and and a doorknob. So I'm doing pretty good, I guess. (laughs) That's right. Well, you're batting a thousand uh, on that one. Uh, I could not believe What kind of lame excuse is that? Well, he thought he was opening the door. That's exactly what it is. It's an excuse. And to have AOC come on and, and chirp that it was in a state of panic. The only panic that was there was the fact that they might actually pass the bill. So, <laughs> exactly right. Well, I don't know. And and by the way, I heard earlier that this representative Jamal Bowman was a, a former high school principal. I would think the high school principal might know what the fire alarm looks like because probably some kid someday had pulled it. You know, if 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 that. But yeah, uh, unless he didn't have any fire drills, which. Which would mean that he created his own truth and his own reality. So there you go. Well, that's yeah, that's par for the course, don't you think? Well, Frank, I tell you what, we do have Tony in Tampa hanging on the line. You feel like taking a question right here off the bat? Absolutely. Sounds great, Tony in Tampa. You're on. Good morning. Thanks a lot, Kyle. Uh, let me ask you a rhetorical question. Do you think that a 78 Donald Trump could be a young, attractive, good-looking guy like? Uh, Gavin Newsom in, 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 in a debate and uh, also on the uh, on the election stage. Is there any chance that he has at all with his age and the baggage that he carries? That's a very, very good question. Frank, what do you what do you think about that? Well, we, we don't have debates anymore in, in politics in the United States. We have gotcha gotcha question opportunities. So it would turn into a battle of, of throwing mud. And who's got more baggage? Now, does Donald Trump have baggage? Sure he does. They've manufactured a lot of it. Some of it's just natural stuff that a a human being acquires through 78 years on the planet. But Gavin Newsom just barely squeaked out a win at a challenge to having him removed from office. And and why the Republicans aren't, aren't just throwing that everywhere just to make sure he can't get started, I don't know. So when it comes to mudslinging, Democrats are the best. They really are. They know how to use innuendo, sexual peccadillo, gaffes, and in, in, in misstatements to their benefit to create a, a narrative and a portrait of their opponents that, uh, that's a little bit to the more evil of Hitler when they want to. Uh, so Donald Trump would have to bring his lunch to that one if it came down to Gavin Newsom, because the very first thing he would be talking about is his age. 
You know, well, Donald, sure. Donald Trump doesn't get a pretty pass because he because he said it's time for Pelosi to retire and it's time for Schumer to retire. And they're too old to be, they, they shouldn't be in Congress. Words like that come back to bite you in the butt sometimes. So. <laughs> well, Tony, do you think that that's, does that help answer your question? Or do you think Donald Trump could could do something uh, in order to balance that out? That he could never be Gavin Newsom. For one reason, one big reason. The Democrat Party is, excuse me, the media is the Democrat Party, is the uh, propaganda arm of the Democrat Party. And the American people sit in front of the news every day and uh, suck it down wholesale and, and basically never come to their own conclusion. I talk to people in, in Walmart here. They're Republicans, but they're not going to vote for Trump. Very interesting. Very interesting. Well, Tony in Tampa, thanks for calling. Feel free to call anytime, and we'll talk to you again real soon. We'll let Frank respond thanks. to that, and then we're going to go out to a break. But thanks for calling. Frank, thank you. And thank you, Kyle. Goodbye. Take care. Yeah, Frank. So, yeah, what do you think? I mean, uh, the, Trump isn't monolithic as much anymore. What do you think? Or at least this go around? Oh, he's got a he's got a track record at the presidential level now that he has to defend. Right. And the media does always push the the leftist agenda because they're bought and paid for by the globalist left. Uh, all you have to do is is look at the editorial boards and the and the managing editor. Uh, lists from just about every major newspaper or or newsroom, and they all lean left. I believe the last the last uh, examination of that was almost eighty five to ninety percent. No kidding. Oh, Democrats. So you know, so those are they are pushing it. There's there's no way around that. So you also have to debate them. We got two callers hanging on the line. Uh, we'll take them in order. Here we got Aaron listening in Denver on the mighty seven ten KNUS. Good morning, Aaron. Uh, not much there, Professor Politics and Frank. And you're right, it is mighty. And the thing is, though, Frank is exactly right. Uh, you know, and, and, and the thing is, though, you got the governor of California, uh, they, and, um, is supposed to debate Ron DeSantis, who's, who's basically running for second place, uh, when it comes to Donald Trump. And, and Frank is right. Uh, you're debating a recalled governor. And, and 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 this is a governor that that is being recalled in, in, in the loony far left California, recalled in at Looney Tunes California. It's unbelievable. And he and like Frank said, he barely he barely uh, squeaked back in into the governor's chair. And the main threat, of course, is Larry Elder. And Larry Elder is running for president as a Republican. Now he can't get on the. Uh, uh, the, uh, the the debate stage because of money, uh, money that he lacks. But he's but he is running for uh, a president of the United States. It, and 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 Frank exactly right. There's nothing special about the governor of California. He is a recalled uh, dumb Democrat, dumb donkey uh, Democrat that that barely got in office. Frank is right. And the thing is also uh, have a, a question of Frank is will. Um, uh, will will uh, Kevin McCarthy survive being Speaker of the House because he bent the knee and did the bidding for the dumb donkeys? And, and, and instead of cutting this government, cut, 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 and and get rid of the and get this country somehow at the hell at the hellhole called debt in this country. Got to get this country out of debt. But no, Kevin McCarthy bent the knee and is now doing the bidding for his dumb donkey masters. He's got to go. And 
I hope for, and and the, and the thing is, uh, the speakership, uh, what I read, hasn't been challenged since 1910. That's over 100 years. And it looks mm-hmm. like the uh, Republican, Frank Gatz of Florida, is going to try to vote to get his side but out of that speaker chair. But anyway, uh, uh, Professor Paul, uh, uh, and, and Frank, I could go on and on and on, but I don't have the time. So adios, <laughs> gentlemen. Goodbye. All right. Thanks, Aaron. Again, from the mighty 710 KNUS uh, there in Denver, Colorado. Uh, it's Monday morning, and Aaron is on a roll. Frank, what, what do you think? Yeah, Aaron's, Aaron's caffeinated up, man. Good for her. Um, <laughs> sad to say it. I mean, I'm, I'm glad somebody is trying to hold Kevin McCarthy's feet to the fire on this one because, uh, you know, shutting down government and getting ahead of the narrative to make sure that people understand it's uh, the spendthrift ways of the Democrats that cause us not to have budget money. It's not It's not that Republicans refuse to keep raising taxes and overspending every year. Um, that's a good thing, but this is more or less going to come down to what can Matt Gates get out of the negotiations or what can the far right and the Republican Party get out of the negotiations that Kevin McCarthy will inevitably engage in uh, to try and keep the speakership. So this is... This is going to be a power play. It's not going to be a removal from from the speakership, but it is going to be more of a power sharing thing that comes out of this. Or to use a better phrase, the the caucus that Matt Gates represents is going to have a little more influence in how bills are brought to the floor. Very interesting. Yeah, it was a rocky road, to say the least, to for McCarthy to become speaker in the first place. We've got Mary in yeah. St. Pete holding on as well. Let's uh, let's uh, find out what she has to say this morning. Good morning, Mary. Good morning. Uh, I think the whole thing about voting uh, is absurd. Uh, if people have said before, and if they believe that we're living in a banana republic, which means that all of this kind of thing is basically gets down to money. Uh, look at the insurance industry in Florida. How many lobbyists are up there in uh, just in the state to lobby uh, to get higher insurance rates? That's just an example of what can happen in many instances on a, on a national level. So if the election was rigged, and that's the fundamental basis of which I look at it, uh, it's almost a joke to talk about voting. It's going to come down to money. Stop talking about age. Uh, look at the competency of the candidates. Uh, if Biden can get elected, anybody can get elected. And that means he was financed by money or um, crooked politics. So I think, it, I think it almost looks like a joke and absurd to, to even talk about voting anymore until you fix the election process. What do you think? Very Thank interesting. You. Yeah, got to go with the, the the main reason why I wrote nullification in the first place. Uh, you got to get the federal government under control, and right now they're making a big lunge towards wanting to take control of the federal elections, which is not their purview. Federal elections are run and maintained and certified at the state level. So to block them out, you you must be able to nullify any law that they pass that controls federal elections to bring it back to the state level. As far as Mary was talking about lobbyists, uh, another, you know, when you, when you start putting the, the most potent government closer to you in your state capitals, those lobbyists have to now multiply their efforts times 50. 
So whether it's insurance in California, insurance in Illinois, New York, Florida, Texas, Louisiana, anywhere where hurricanes hit, they're not going to be able to go to Washington and lobby hard to make sure that the federal government runs roughshod over the states where insurance prices are concerned. They're going to have to replicate that effort in 50 states. And when lobbying becomes incredibly expensive and starts to break into the bottom line of the profits for the insurance companies, they have to figure out a different way to do that. So paying the federal government is number one. If you can do that, you can you can take a a giant cannonball and shoot it across the bow where they can't jack with the elections. They can't have national things for elections. All the election stuff has to be has to be negotiated and codified at the state level. And when you're talking about issues where where lobbyists like K Street hold the sway, you have to replicate that times fifty, and that means it costs fifty times more than it costs them now. Indeed. And you know. If the people in Washington want to try and help with this, and I don't think I would hold my breath on that, uh, you outlaw lobbyists being able to expend any money or give any gifts to any elected official. They won't do that. That's you know that's mm-hmm. that's taking some of the caviar off the plate. But why would they want to do that? They'll still talk a good game about dark money and politics, and and we have to clean this up, and there has to be transparency, but. If you want to know how serious they are, look at the Federal Election Commission. They've got no teeth. Oh, we'll give you a $5,000 fine after the election is over. So what? <laughs> right. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. Yeah, that's a slap on the wrist. It's not even that. Yeah, it's it's not even – they really shouldn't even have it if they're not going to give it teeth to be able to step in when the bad thing is happening that's affecting the election. They don't have enough people to do that, and I don't even know if we, I don't know if we would want them to do that because they would just become a bunch of election brown shirts, and we don't need that. No, not at all. I tell you what, Frank, can you hold on for another segment, sir? You bet. Actually, uh, that sounds great. All right, folks, back with more here in just a moment with Frank Silvato. Thanks for thanks to Aaron. Thanks to Mary for calling in. We'll see you on the other side of the break. Kyle Warren with you. It's a State Farm says they're a good neighbor, but would a good neighbor target five-year-olds for conversations about sexual identity? State Farm did. For six months, they asked employees to donate guides to being transgender to public schools, books aimed at making kindergartners question their identity. How do parents know where State Farm put these books? What's State Farm doing about it? Visit AskStateFarmWide.com. American Airlines rated the worst, losing the most bags, shrinking legroom during COVID. American requires passengers to show ID to fly, but attacks Texas's popular voter ID law. Why is CEO Doug Parker trying to appease the radical left to distract from billions in taxpayer bailouts, from his $10 million payday, from Americans' record layoffs? Doug Parker, American Airlines, serve your customers, not woke politicians. News, insight, passion. AM 930, The Answer. All right, right back to Frank Salvato. Good morning again, sir. Thanks for sticking over. Absolutely. Anytime and always. 
Excellent, excellent. Well, we're having a great conversation this morning. Very informative, I know. And we do have a caller on the line, and we've got Frank in Denver. Frank, are you also listening on the mighty 710KNUS? Yes, sir. All right. Excellent. Glad to have you aboard this morning. Uh, what's your question or comment for Frank? Well, first, I'd like to offer a prayer for Captain and hopefully his return to health. And he's got a good man in you standing in for him. Thank and you, sir. I'd like to ask Frank if he considered an alternate name for nullification, namely, we're so screwed. Do you know where the name Bobbius came from, Frank? Um, I'd, I'd love to hear what you have to say. Well, it actually originated uh, after the Civil War, and all the contractors that helped the, uh, win the Civil War, the saddle makers, the, the cavalry guys, the cannon makers, and all the arms makers, uh, were coming to USS Grant, at U.S. Grant and saying, we're going to go broke. We don't have any contracts anymore. And he said, well, I don't have any need. And he said, can't you help us out? And they met him in the lobby of the Hotel Willard and negotiated some fractions of these contracts that they used to have to keep them going so that they wouldn't go broke. And that's where the lobbyists came from. And it started and it was a blessing and a curse because it helped those people that helped uh, win a good cause uh, continue, but it also was a bleed on the Treasury. But we have continued that, and I'm afraid we've perfected it over 100-plus years, 150 years, uh, to a fine art that uh, you're seeing today. And I appreciate where you're coming from with nullification, but I don't think the average American knows how lucky he is to even have what we have. Well, what we have is something that's moved away from the model that we began with. It was never supposed to be centralized government. That's where we are today, and the lobbyists are actually taking advantage of that. That's why the the, the most expensive land in Washington, D.C. is on K Street. Do you ever see any hope for us taking it back? And if so, what are some of your ideas? Sure, I do. And, and they're all outlined in the book, actually. And when you look at states like Texas, Florida, uh, you're looking at South Dakota, Missouri, Tennessee, we have hope with uh, with Arkansas. When people understand that nullification was something that was reserved for the states in the in the debate that was said by the founders in the Federalist Papers and the Anti-Federalist Papers, and that it is something that is an option for the states, and that they only have to do a few things to protect themselves from from a, a coercive federal government that is well beyond its authority and what it does every single day. You get one state to do it, you're going to see a bunch of dominoes fall. A bunch of them. I plan to get your book. I think one of the few protections we still have, perhaps, are the courts and the honest judges that have not been picked, bought off, or selected for their political views, and hopefully those will survive. We'll see how Trump fares with these uh, interesting charges uh, but also, I agree with you, I think that the people have to awaken and come back to some degree of common sense of what the country is founded on. Uh, we're, we're pretty far down the road right now. Mm-hmm. Well, when, we get the, when, when you've got people who are only 
listening to what is being fed to them and not taking it upon themselves to vet the information that they are getting input, uh, we've got a we've got a little bit of a problem there. And, and when you have twenty four seven three sixty five media that is decidedly jaded to a narrative that the authoritarians prefer, and I'm talking about uniparty because both sides are guilty. Um, you've got that's where they need to awaken. They need to shut off the propaganda machines and start digging for themselves in the age of information. It can be done. It's going to take some doing, and uh, media that's far more balanced than it is today. Um, and uh, I, I hope we can do this, but we'll just have to see. Well, Indeed. you never give up hope, and everybody's. This is why I keep saying, and, and I, well, Kyle and I've talked about this several times over 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 the years. This is where uh, talking about politics with your neighbors is a good thing. We've we've we fell for that that line that we shouldn't talk about politics because it makes for bad neighbors. You don't have to argue when you talk about politics. You can talk rationally and you can have an exchange of ideas. But when you're not talking about politics with your neighbors and your friends, then you are not hearing where they're thinking. You can, you can have a dialogue that brings facts and news and information to the table that makes the mainstream media puppets a little more obsolete. And that's a great way to start this whole thing is to talk. Talk to your neighbors. Don't You don't need to be jaded when you do it. Sit down and have a nice conversation with your neighbor about it, whether they're a Democrat or a Republican. The issues are the same for everybody. Yeah, I, I appreciate what you're saying so much, Frank, because what you're talking about, uh, what's happened, how we got to this point, that just means that there's so much separateness going on out yeah. there and nobody can ever talk. And if you do talk, we're sort of conditioned now to say, oh, that's no, I have to be angry at you. I have to dislike you now as my neighbor, because somehow we don't agree on everything 100%. Absolutely. And and in this age of, and this sounds harsh, but it's the truth. In this age of arrogance that we've been led to, when we always have to be right and we can never be wrong, that, that's another component for this, well, you're thinking wrong and I disagree and you're an idiot. There There are enough idiots out there, but not everybody is an idiot. You know, it's so true. so yeah. have the converse, have the conversation, be polite, and here's an idea. When you're talking to somebody, listen to them and show a little bit of humility because someone might be able to give you some information you don't know. We define some common ground that we have amongst ourselves, and I think we also need to be teaching financial education and critical thinking in our schools. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, right. without doubt. Critical thinking well, was what what we were supposed to be getting into in high school and colleges, and that's there's they don't exist today. That's right. Well, Frank in Denver, I'm listening on the mighty 710 KNUS. Thanks for calling in. We're going to start heading to a break here, but Thank thanks you. for calling in, and we hope to hear again from you soon. Thank you. All right. Take care. All right, everybody. Frank in Denver talking to Frank Salvato. And Frank, thanks for sticking around here for this third segment. I really appreciate it. And I think it has been very informative. And we look forward to talking with you again on Friday, sir. Sounds awesome. Stay low, my friend. You too, my friend. Take care. All right, everybody. Frank Silvato, UndergroundUSA.com, author of the book Nullification. And folks, when we come back, we've got the insurance quarterback. 
If you like the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and leave a comment if your platforms let you. Sign up for our Substack at undergroundusa.com. Comes straight to you. Circumvents the fact checkers and the Facebook police over over at that wonderful little institution of communication. And be sure to pick up your copy of Nullification, the case for decentralizing the federal government. My hope is that you read it, and when you understand it, the light bulb goes off, that you write a, a respectful letter to one of your state legislators with a copy of the book and ask them to read it and take action so that we can neuter this overreaching, tyrannical federal government that we are existing under today. You're listening to Underground USA. My name is Frank Salvato. I'll be right back in a minute. This podcast is a production of the Compass Point Group.